Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You are listening to this is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. Welcome to this weekend's episode of Cruise Radio Rewind. My name is Doug Parker. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for making us a part of your morning and checking us out. Cruise Radio Rewind is a carryover from our podcast that airs on Thursday called Cruise Radio. But if more news breaks or talking points come up or questions couldn't get answered, we carried over to right here on Cruise Radio Rewind. Don't forget, if you want to stay in tune with the news, Cruise Radio News, you can listen to it just opposite of this. Just type in Cruise Radio News wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Or if you have an Amazon Alexa, just ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News Flash Briefing. All right, we'll jump to staff writer Richard Sims to talk about a couple of stories that popped up since Thursday. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. We've been asking the question for a long time. When is Norwegian Cruise Line going to cancel more sailings and quit saying they're going to sail in May? We found out that on Friday. Yeah, this one hurt. <laughs> you know, I, I have a cruise booked, or I guess had one booked for early June. And, you know, realistically, I knew it wasn't going to happen. But like a lot of other people that are in that same boat or ship, as the case may be, I was holding out hope. Uh, and finally, this week, the hammer came down and Norwegian announced that they would be canceling all cruises through June 30th. Uh, with their goal now to be to start sailing for the first time on July 1st. Of course, who knows if that will really happen. Compensation-wise, you know, they're doing basically what they've been doing um, for a while now is you can either get a full cash refund or, you know, refunded to the um, form of payment you used, or if you are willing to take a future cruise credit, you get 125% future cruise credit. And as an added bonus... If you book within a certain period of time, you can get an additional 20% off the listed price. The future cruise credits need to be booked within a year, and they can and the sailings can be anytime between now and December of 2022. So, you know, um, I, I, I they very obviously want you to take the future cruise credit because the refund is going to come directly out of the bank and go into your pocket, whereas the future cruise credit, at least, you know, they've still got you on the line for the cruise. So that's why they're being generous and saying, you know, hmm. that we'll give you 125%. What's funny is the way they they always word it. And it's not just Norwegian. It's all of the sites. They, the, they basically say, you know, we'll give you 125% uh, future cruise credit. Or if you'd like to take something less valuable, you know, yeah. then here you go. You can take just your money back. Richard, let me ask you this. And I, I want to get out of like news mode and just go into conversation mode here for consumers. Why would they only give you a week window to make that refund? That's a great question. And, you know, uh, people have been complaining about that because the way the way it's working here is um, you have if you want a refund, you have between May 7th and May 13th to go online and fill out a form. Now, the good news is you don't have to sit on hold, you know, like you don't have to call them and sit on hold for two hours with all the other people who want to get a refund. You can actually just fill out the form. But the reason they're doing it this way 
is there are so many cancellations and, you know, changes to itineraries and things like that happening right now that if they can do it, if they do it this way, they can control the flow at least a little bit. Like right now, they're still processing the refund requests from their last postponement of cruises, you know, when they when they bumped it up to I think it was May 4th or something like that. Mm -hmm. So so every time they bump it up, they know they're going to get hit with a huge flood. And they're like, if we can just hold off three weeks and get people to fill in their requests between May 7th and May 13th, then we can process the backlog. So, you know, they're constantly plowing through this. And, you know, hopefully they're 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 probably hoping that if they have to cancel again, then they'll, you know, they'll have time to get through those cancellations and refund requests before they go to the next one. So it's really I know it's inconvenient for a lot of people, and I know a lot of people complain about it. But I personally feel like it's the best system you could possibly have because it it makes sure that things are being processed in the right order and sort of helps control the glut a little bit. I mean, we both know, let's call a spade a spade. This is a financial play, obviously. But I can also say, uh, this is going back when I was in high school, I did a co-op program with Delta Airlines where I work the check-in desk or you know the customer service part uh, at Jack's Airport. And it took around seven to 10 minutes per guest to issue a refund. So you're just not hitting enter and refunding the guest's money. There's reversing the charge. And you think of, okay, a million people, that's going to take you a little while. Again, the financial aspect is there, the more money they're hemorrhaging. But there's also the fact that it's impossible to do it overnight. When you cancel an airline flight, you're basically canceling a flight. No big deal. Mm -hmm. When you cancel a cruise, like, like for example, let's take the cruise that um, of mine that was just canceled. Not only did I have the cruise, um, which I paid for in several different ways because some of it I put on a credit card. Some of it I used um, gift certificates. Some of it I used um, uh, Cruise Next certificates. Then you also have – I had purchased the meal plan, so they have to figure that out and get that back to you. I had purchased several shore excursions, so those all have to be processed. So there's a lot there to process. And frankly, what amazes me is that we haven't heard more people being like, wow, yeah, I got my refund, but they screwed the whole thing up. You know, like yeah. they're they're really doing their best to be, you know, be careful and and get it right because they know that people are angry and you know they 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 know that people are frustrated and they're doing everything they can. Now Let's also let's just take a second here and let's not be Pollyanna. Let's be a little honest. The other reason that they're taking ninety days is they they do want to hold on to your money as long oh, as 100%. possible because yeah, because financial you know play. that's that's part of their liquidity and yeah. they need to keep the money for a while so that they can you know hopefully they have more money coming in for the cruises that are being booked in the future. But you know that's that's part of it too. Moving on, it looks like military grade ICU pods could be popping up at cruise destinations around the Caribbean. This is a really cool idea. So, you know, one of the things that has been happening over the last couple of months is the cruise lines, um, mostly through CLIA, the Cruise Line International Association, which is sort of the is sort of the firm that represents most cruise lines. Um, they've been working with whether it's the World Health Organization or the Centers for Disease Control, they've been working to try and figure out the best protocols to put in place before cruises can set sail. Because that's a big thing. You know, we've we've all heard about the, you know, the 100-day no-sale order. But 
there are other conditions that have to be met before cruises can sail. And that could be before the hundred days, the hundred days could be extended if they can't figure out a way to make it sort of, you know, safe for everybody on board. Mm -hmm. So when we were at the height of, um, sort of the shutdown, as we were building toward the shutdown, one of the problems we saw happen over and over again was that cruise ports turned away ships out of fear that there might be people on board who had coronavirus. So one of the things being proposed, and it's super cool, is that you set up in each port, like let's take the Caribbean, let's say you go to the Bahamas. Before you get off the ship in the Bahamas, they temperature check you. Now, from the, for a while now, they've been talking about how they're going to take your temperature when you get on the ship. But one of the things you and I have talked about over and over and over again is just because you don't have a temperature on the day you, Im, you, know, you embark in New York City doesn't mean you won't have a temperature when you arrive in Nassau three or four days later. Yeah. So the idea is we're going to temperature check you when you get here before you get off the ship. If you have you know any kind of issue that needs to be treated, we will take you to this sort of mobile ICU unit and deal with you there. And that works on two different levels. First of all, it makes the ports feel safe because they're sort of getting a little bit of control over um, people not just getting off the ship and wandering around and potentially spreading whatever they might have. But it also makes the people on the ship feel more secure. It makes cruisers feel better because they know that, you know, it's not just the once when you get on board that you're going to be tested. You're going to be you're going to have your temperature taken several times throughout the cruise. And if there's a problem, that person can be taken off the ship. One of the things they talked about with this is how do you pay for it? You know, because that's that's a big deal is something like this would cost some money. And there were a couple of different options floated, whether it was almost like a, 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 a port tax, you know, that you just sort of added on to the port tax, the cost per person, or maybe even a certain kind of um, something that you fold into Cruise insurance, you know, you make you make you make it part of the mandatory travel insurance that uh, that you have to have travel insurance, and it has to cover this in as part of it. It has to include payment for this particular program. Yeah, and these units cost about one point five million dollars each, and that includes um, three ICU units, a check-in room, and a mechanical room. And passing it to the cruise passengers isn't a bad idea. I mean, Cozumel has 5 million people a year. That's 30 cents a passenger. Nassau has 8 million. That's 19 cents a passenger. I think we can, we can all afford that to cruise safely. Right. And if you're smart, you know, it, it's almost like we're always talking about with gratuities. If you're smart and you just fold it into the cruise cost, nobody needs to know, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, like just put it as part of the port taxes and fees that we're all used to. And who's going to notice like, you know, let's say you're going to five ports and let's say each port is a dollar a port. Let's just let's just let's just say right. it's a dollar a port to pay for this. If you're going to five, it's, it's five dollars. You know, you're not going to notice that necessarily. And what's going to happen here is that as they start coming up with these various solutions, as they start coming up with ways to make the ports feel safer and make people on board feel okay, there are going to be things we aren't all going to like. You know, we may not all like that when you go to the buffet, you're not going to be able to serve yourself, that you're going to have to ask them to serve you. Mm -hmm. We may not like that there's an extra fee to go to a port, but guess what? That's Things are going to change. And uh, those of us who love cruising are going to roll with it. And I think that I think most passengers will be fine. You're going to hear from the nickel and dime crew, as you always do, who are going to complain about any fee being passed on to them. But that's that's going to be the, the you know, that's that's the new future. Also, another point to this is this could change the way 
people buy or may be forced to buy, again, we're just talking here, um, travel insurance? Well, honestly, at this point, you know, when cruising returns, and we say when, not if, because it's going to return. Sure. <laughs> um, when it returns, honestly, I will be surprised if we we might even see the various organizations come together and say, yeah, passengers have to have cruise insurance or travel insurance. You know, they have to. Um, because frankly, I've always bought travel insurance. I think I've had Same. one trip where I didn't buy travel insurance. I've never had to use it, but I've always had it. And I, especially in this day and age, I would not even think about getting on a ship without having it. You know, I don't, I just, I just, that just doesn't make sense. So, yeah. so we, might possibly see that becoming mandatory. You know, you never know. Our last point here, this also came out on Friday. Looks like both Royal Caribbean and Norwegian Cruise Line secured more funding. Yeah, this is, of course, something we're going to see a lot of because, as we've talked about, there's some really interesting posts on the site about how much it costs to, you know, just because the ships aren't sailing doesn't mean you don't have to pay to keep them, you know, basically in running order so that as soon as they are ready to sail again, they can. So they're constantly looking for funding. And of course, they're not getting it from the United States government because they're not um, they don't pay taxes here and they're not flagged here. They're basically kind of being shut out of the various funds that are being made available to businesses. And one of the things that was suggested a lot of times by both politicians and taxpayers was, well, you know what? Look back to where you're <laughs> look back to where you're you're flagged and try and get money from them. So this is kind of cool. Um, both Norwegian and Royal Caribbean have a bunch of ships that were built in Germany. And Germany has this thing. It's called, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. I'm going to go with the same way you would pronounce it if it was a purse and it's Hermes. Mm -hmm. um, it's called, it's H-E-R-M-E-S. And it's basically a guarantee. It's a credit guarantee that the German federal government extends to um, companies that have investments in Germany. So in this case, these guarantees will mean that Royal Caribbean and Norwegian Cruise Line will both be able to um, sort of delay payments is basically what it comes down to. It's called a debtor's holiday. And I believe it's for 12 months. And what it will mean is that for Norwegian, they'll have about $386 million in added liquidity because they won't have to make these payments. And that'll be spread across some of their ships. It'll be Norwegian Bliss, Norwegian Breakaway, Norwegian Encore, the Escape, uh, Getaway, and Norwegian Joy. Those were all basically German-built ships that fall under this Hermes protection. Uh, for Royal, it'll mean about $250 million in additional liquidity, and the, the ships that they'll be using this on, their German-built or German -built ships, are Quantum of the Seas, Celebrity Eclipse, Celebrity Equinox, Celebrity Solstice, and Celebrity Silhouette. So this is a great example of you know them doing exactly what they said they were going to do. Um, Arnold Donald, a week or two ago, gave an interview in which he was saying, you know, well, we have options open to us. We're going to go to various countries that we deal with, and we're going to try and you know strike deals there. So while Carnival isn't included in this, this is Norwegian and Royal Caribbean here. You know, we'll probably there's a good chance we'll see um, uh, Carnival doing something similar as well. So in layman's terms, this is pretty much like deferring the loan to the back end? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, let's just be clear. I think I speak for both of us when I say we are not financial experts. Sure. Um, but, 
you know, this is this is something that's apparently fairly common when countries are going through difficult times. It's it's you know sort of like here you hear a lot about um, them passing various rules saying you don't have to pay you know your your mortgage for three months or you know various forms of debt relief. This is basically a form of debt relief that allows you to put off paying uh, on these ships for a while. And, and like I said, that's, you know, when you look at it, it's 250 million, 386 million, that sounds like a huge amount of money to us. But when you look at how much it costs to keep these fleets going, it's really not all that much. Off the top of your head, can you tell me how much it costs each cruise line to run? Gosh, it was, I don't, I Come know on. you do. I know you do. Go so for it. For Norwegian, it's 150 million per month. For Royal Caribbean, 400 million and for Carnival Corporation, nine hundred million, so almost okay, a billion so dollars. Let's a go month. back there for a second. So, let's do this one by one. Norwegian Cruise Line. How much did you say it costs a month? One hundred and fifty million. Okay, so this this arrangement they've made with Germany it gives them about three hundred eighty six million in liquidity. So that's just barely two months. Yeah. Same with Royal Caribbean. What did you say Royal Caribbean was? Four hundred. Four hundred. 250 million, not even a month. There's 250 million that they're they're going to be able to basically include as liquidity because of this um, deal with Germany doesn't even cover a month. So, yeah, they're they're you know they're all going to be looking for various ways to sort of bump up their liquidity. Yeah, you're going to have to get in the billions at this point to uh, yeah to feel secure. Um, two listener questions here. My wife and I have only been on one cruise and I'm currently trying to do as much research as possible before booking another. Most places I've read say to book through a travel agent, which we didn't do the first time. Is this something that you would recommend? You know, it's interesting. I'd actually like to find out from them what their experience was with the first cruise that they went without. Um, it's, it's, there are, Travel agents are great, especially if you don't know what kind of cruiser you are or like you're a first time cruiser because they can help guide you to the right ship, to the right line. We always say um, people who don't really know cruising assume that basically they can just get on any ship and they're going to have a great time. And while that's true, you're going to have a better time if you get on a ship that caters to your needs. You know, if you're Basically, let's say let's say you're a carnival person, but you don't know it, and you end up on maybe a Holland America ship, you're not going to have as much fun. Because mm. to the average person who doesn't know anything about cruising, you're like, well, those are, you know, they're both cruise ships, no big deal. But they really cater to completely different audiences. The other thing to keep in mind is if you're, let's say you know that you want to go on carnival, you've gone on carnival before, you've had a great experience, but you're not really sure what ship you want to go on. In that case, instead of a travel agent, you might want to go with um, all of the cruise lines have in-house um, people who book things for you. They're um, personal cruise consultants. So you might call a carnival cruise consultant and say, you know, listen, I know I want to do a carnival cruise, but here's the type of thing I want. I want to go to these places and I want these kind of experiences on board. And they'll be able to look at their fleet and be like, okay, you know, yeah, uh, this is maybe you're a carnival Vista person. Here's what it has to offer. I have done it both ways. I've done it with travel agents, especially if it's a line that I don't know. I also sometimes do it myself. It sounds like the reader is actually doing the most important thing right off the bat. They're doing research, you know? 
whether you want to use a travel agent or not might depend on how much research you want to do. If you're like me and you're like, I want to spend 100 hours thinking about this vacation because that's part of the vacation for me, then maybe you don't necessarily need a travel agent. But if you have less time to waste on research or spend on research and you want somebody to sort of like hold your hand and, and push you in the right direction, then yeah, definitely use a travel agent. Yeah, I mean, I've booked dozens of cruises through my travel agent, Becky, who was on the show last weekend for the uh, for Cruise Radio Rewind, and she saved me some serious cash. I mean, one time, it was $560 I got in onboard credit because the price dropped, and I had no clue. I mean, I don't set, you know, I guess I could set up price drops or whatever, but it was nice to get that email saying, hey, your price dropped 560 what do you want to do with this cash, you know, you whereas if you're booking through a personal vacation planner, nothing against them at all, but they're not going to proactively monitor your booking because they're dealing in volume. Like they get paid on volume and how many bookings they close where I, I think you get a little more personalized service going through a travel agent. Totally agree. Um, I've used Becky before too, and she is really awesome. And two things, you're right. The personal cruise consultant isn't going to sort of like be monitoring the price and call you. I will say, however, if you are monitoring the price, I have a cruise coming up, um, hopefully, in uh, August on Carnival, and I booked that one through a personal cruise consultant, and uh, I happened to be traveling with my sister, and my sister noticed that the price had dropped, so she called our cruise consultant, and our cruise consultant did take care of it. You know, she she got us onboard credit and, you know, did all that stuff, but it was because my sister was proactive and noticed the price drop. The other thing I'll say is a lot of times travel agents can get you little perks. You know, um, I was using a travel agent on, I think it was Norwegian breakaway a year or so ago. And my travel arrangement, uh, my travel arrangement, my travel advisor, uh, really did some nice stuff for me. They arranged for me to have a bottle of wine in my room when I arrived. And that was on top of the bottle of wine that I already got as a perk with Norwegian. Uh, they had arranged for a extra $50 um, credit on board. So you can often get nice little perks through a travel agent as well. All right. One more question here, Richard, and then we'll hop. It looks like uh, David wants to know about the status of Carnival Mardi Gras. Will she be delivered on time? Well, like with everything else in the cruise industry right now, that's a great question. Um, we sort of assume, as far as we know now, of course, it has been delayed because there were, you know, the, 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 the coronavirus situation has just wreaked havoc across the industry. And that includes on the shipyards, which had to basically stop building the ships. Um, almost every ship from pretty much every line has seen its production pushed back because of this. So. Right now, as far as we know, and again, we can only really go by what we're being told by the various cruise lines. Mm -hmm. As far as we know right now, uh, Mardi Gras is still expected to be delivered sometime in October, which means it is still expected to begin sailing in November. Now, one of the things that people keep saying is, well, wait, I go on to book uh, a room in, say, December and nothing shows up. It's showing up as either sold out or it doesn't come up at all as available. Uh, what we're being told is that the reason for that is that right now, with everything being sort of up in the air and all of the various modifications being made to what cruising might look like in the future, one of the ways Carnival is sort of being proactive is limiting capacity. They're, they're, they're aware that they might have problems getting staff back, getting the crew members back because of all the different travel restrictions out there. And they don't want to put 5,000 people on a ship and not have enough crew members on 
to support them. You know, there's also a great possibility that when we come back, we'll see cruise ships sailing with smaller numbers. Like it may be a ship that can hold 5,000 people, but maybe they won't put 5,000 people on it because, you know, they want to sort of help with the social distancing thing. So because they're limiting capacity on the ships, you will see ships showing see ships showing say that three times real fast Mm -hmm. as sold out even though they might not necessarily be sold out so those ships might later see um bookings open up you know keep checking back people might cancel uh people who think twice about cruising or decide they're going to wait a little while before they feel like they can return and that's you know going to be a personal decision everybody has to make uh so they might become available even though they're not showing now but far as we know, everything is on track and Mardi Gras should be sailing in November. Yeah, and by Monday, these three shipyards, uh, Fincantieri, Chanter de Atlantic, and uh, Meyer Werft should be up running 24-7 again, but with a limited crew because of social distancing and all that for now. So we'll probably get a better timeline here in the next couple of weeks or so if things start happening, delays or what have you. But right now, like you said, we can only go by what the cruise lines are telling us, and they're saying on time. Let's hope. All right, man. Well, thanks for catching up with me this weekend and uh, talking about the news that came out since the show aired on Thursday. I sure appreciate it. Oh, always glad to. Nothing I love more than talking about the cruises. Before we go, I released a video over the weekend about why I love cruising. And, you know, I think it really might hit home with you as well. You can find that on Twitter or our Cruise Radio Facebook page. I'll probably upload it onto uh, YouTube as well when I get to it. It's uh, almost 2 o'clock in the morning right now, so I'm not doing it tonight. I'm going to bed after this. But uh, how it came about is I was going through my photos on Friday, and I was like, wow, I really miss cruising. So many great memories. So I just started writing a script. I sent it over to Matt. He's my buddy that works in radio here. He voiced it, turned it around. I put some video under the voice. And just, that's what you got. So uh, you might like it, you might not. Check it out, though. It's on the Cruise Radio Facebook page. And I'll also put the audio on the tail end of this episode as well, so you can really make that connection. I mean, you might make a connection. You might not, hell. But uh, yeah, it's there for the take-in. If you don't want to listen to it, just turn it off. So with that said, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Thank you so much for being here. Continue to stay safe and protect your neighbors. Take care. We here at Cruise Radio know cruising isn't just a vacation. Cruising is a world you've never thought of. A destination you've only dreamt of. It bridges cultures. It builds relationships. It heals hearts. It challenges you to step outside your comfort zone. What is cruising? It's the sunset you'll remember forever. That dinner you'll never forget. It's the crew member who went the extra mile. We never forget the moments that matter. Ships may not be sailing right now, but when they do, We'll be waiting for you at the gangway.